This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. My name is David Devonish. I'm one of the pastors at Woodside Church. And I'm going to speak to you this morning. I was asked, actually, this time to speak on something that's close to my heart rather than part of a series and so on and one of the books of the bible that i preach on quite a lot when i'm traveling around the world is the book of titus paul's letter to a man called titus and so i wanted to speak about that this morning and i'm calling this message the gospel results in action so By way of introduction, what was the story of this letter, Paul's letter to Titus? Well, Titus was a key member of Paul's apostolic team that planted and served the churches. He often undertook particularly important and difficult tasks for Paul and was entrusted with situations that required a lot of wisdom. The book of Acts, the story of the early church, ends with Paul under house arrest in Rome. However, after he was released from house arrest, as far as we can tell, um, although it's not recorded anywhere, he travelled around again for a while and went to Crete, an island where the gospel had not been preached before. And there were converts in several of the towns there, but Paul had to leave and left Titus behind to form these new believers into good local churches. Paul then wrote Titus a letter confirming his instructions to him that he had given when he left, rather like we do today. We may have a conversation and then say, I'll confirm that by email. Well, Paul confirmed it by this letter. Now, the Cretans had a bad reputation in the Roman Empire, which meant that Crete was a difficult place to be a believer, quite apart from the possibilities that all believers had in the Roman Empire of of persecution. You see, the Cretans were famous for lying. Lying, telling lies, was considered by them to be a great virtue. Indeed, the chief Greek god, Zeus, was believed by Cretans to be a particular Cretan king who was famous for his lying and he'd been exalted to heaven and became Zeus. Indeed, one of the Greek words for to lie was kretidzain, or act like a Cretan. Paul himself quoted a Cretan pagan prophet who had said, all Cretans are always liars evil brutes, lazy gluttons. Paul then adds, this is true. And Paul's letter was to help Christians transformed by the good news about Jesus to live a life in Crete, where they commended the Christian faith to unbelievers, not particularly by what they said, but how they lived. Their lives should preach the good news about Jesus because it had transformed them. So, 
Here's the scripture that I'm going to read from Titus chapter 3. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarrelling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Saviour revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings. That's Paul writing to Titus. So that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Titus 3, 1 to 8. So what is Paul teaching here? Paul gives a brilliant summary of the good news about Jesus Christ, what we call the gospel. And that good news that he shares in this chapter is surrounded before and afterwards by practical commands which demonstrate lives that have been changed by the gospel. In our day, particularly now under lockdown and fear because of coronavirus, our practical lives are to demonstrate that we have been changed. Indeed, that's the situation in our nation more generally. Christians are not necessarily respected for what they say, but they are respected for what they do, if that demonstrates good works that benefit society. And then people may listen to our message. And the Bible always presents theology, that's the truth about God and uh, his word, not as an academic study, but as the incentive and the power for action. What we believe changes how we behave. So, as I said, in this verse, in this section rather, Paul gives a summary of the gospel and he surrounds it by this particular expression. What a literal translation is trustworthy the saying. Because in Paul's letters to Timothy and to Titus, he repeats that phrase several times. And what he is doing is quoting proverbs that the Christians had been taught to say. And in one case, an early hymn which believers of that time would have memorised. They are easy to remember statements and we need those to help our faith. Remember that people in those days in the churches would not have owned a Bible. 
In any case, the Bible they had was the Old Testament and also letters that had been sent around the churches. And these were in scrolls. And so there wouldn't have been lots of copies available. People had to commit things to memory. They were oral cultures and could do that. And these proverbs and hymns would have been ways in which they remembered the truth. And so Paul quotes these proverbs in these letters. The first one is in 1 Timothy 1.15, and he says, this is a trustworthy saying. Trustworthy the saying again. And everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's an easily memorable, trustworthy saying. Then the next one's a little bit different. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone desires to be an overseer or elder, he desires an honourable position. That's a very, very different one. Do they remember that? Well, actually, it wouldn't have been a very popular calling to be an elder in those days. They would, they would have to face per, persecution. They would have to deal with lots and lots of problems in these new churches. Then the next one is a good one for our time. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And that is also a trustworthy saying. So, keep fit during lockdown. The word Paul uses here is gymnasia, from which we get our word gymnasium. But train in godliness even more. In other words, do some fitness every day. Follow Joe Wicks or whatever scheme you want to use. Have little competitions about how long you can do particular exercises. But even more important during this time is to train in godliness. And then the next one is the hymn that I talked about. This is a trustworthy saying, says Paul in 2 Timothy 2. If we die with him, we will also live with him. Rhythm just about comes out in English. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. So that was a hymn that a son. And Paul says, that's a good saying as well. But the one in Titus is actually quite a bit longer than those. But they would have still remembered it because it summarizes the gospel. But for us, it's probably a little bit hard to, harder to remember than Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, which you'll have remembered already. But in this section, this is what it says. And what I thought we'd do, if I was um, preaching in a large church, I would have asked everybody to say these words with me. So that, because that's how we learn. And so, after three, when you're, while you're sitting at home, why don't you say out loud the words of this scripture and say, yeah, that's a summary of the good news that I've believed. So, here goes. One, two, three. 
when God our Saviour revealed his kindness and love. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Saviour. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Well, a bit of a mouthful to learn, but an important one. This faithful saying or trustworthy saying. And so, what is Paul saying? How is he summarising the gospel? He's saying, God has revealed his kindness and love. That's how he starts. That's what the gospel does. It reveals the kindness and love of God, demonstrated in sending Jesus into the world, who when he showed compassion to all sorts of people, could say, he who has seen me has seen the Father. This is what God is like. God shows compassion to the poor, to the widows, to the lepers. And then he says, and God has shown mercy. That means not because we deserve it or earn it by our good works, trying a little bit harder, chalk up some brownie points. No, he's already said that before that, that all of us were imprisoned to our own lusts and desires. We hated people. We were like that. But he says, God has shown mercy, not because we deserve it, but because he has taken the initiative in our lives. Then he says, God's given us new life through washing away our sins through the blood of Jesus and which is symbolized in baptism and giving us the Holy Spirit which who causes us to be born again from inside. And he pours out the Holy Spirit generously upon us so that there's sufficient power for us to live a godly life. There's no excuse. Okay, yes, I know. We all get things wrong. We all make mistakes. We all say things and do things we shouldn't from time to time, even as believers. But actually, the power of God is available. He's poured out his spirit upon us, richly expressing his love, his power, everything we need for godliness he has given to us. So he doesn't just give us rules to obey, but power to live differently. And by grace, that's God's undeserved love. We are counted as righteous by God. God looks at us and says, yes, accepted, loved, righteous 
in my sight because the righteousness of my son has been given as a gift to us and we are confident that death is not the final thing it's not the end of life but we will be transformed in eternal life with Christ forever what a summary of the gospel but there's practical application to it because this life-changing message when received by us changes our behavior and so this gospel message in this chapter is surrounded by practical instructions there's plenty of practical instructions right through the Paul's letter to Titus because as I said he's saying demonstrate your changed life by how you live not just by what you say so there are a few practical instructions in this chapter obey the government this is important always but particularly today we should respect and stay at home except for the particular activities we are allowed to do by the way on a broader level, this was written before persecution had become general in the Roman Empire because of the refusal of Christians to obey the command to worship Caesar, the emperor, as a god. When that happened, Christians needed to disobey that particular instruction. Christians stand against injustice. Don't bow before that. But in everything else, we obey. And the book of Revelation deals with the attitudes to authorities during a time of persecution, as many are going through in the world today. Then he says, be ready to do good works for everyone, everybody. So let's serve one another. Let's serve our town. Let's serve our nation. And let's serve those suffering in other parts of the world because we are those that do good works for everybody even though we're going through a tough time here in poorer countries it's much much tougher and so we must remember them and serve yes our communities but also serve across the world and he said don't spread fake news about anyone. How he puts it in the translation, don't slander everyone, anyone. Don't slander anyone. You know, there's a lot of that. Social media is full of criticism of people. Much of it not true. Christians don't join in there. We don't pass on the gossip. We don't uh, pass on false stories about people we don't do that because we've been changed by the gospel then don't quarrel but bring, bring peace society up until the time of this pandemic has become more and more tribal and it may still be so attacking one another verbally sometimes sadly physically we're different 
Christians are peacemakers. We are promoting, even though we may differ from people in all sorts of things, we're not promoting conflict. We bring peace. And he says, always demonstrate a humble attitude to everybody. We may get frustrated with people, but don't let we all do, I do. I find it hard to put this into practice when I feel people are being obstructive or the dead hand of bureaucracy is upon things. We can't get through on the telephone because you're in a long, long queue listening to music. No, but have a humble attitude to everybody, to one another, to the world. You know, we're not those who uh, preach the gospel in a condemnatory way because, as we've just read, the gospel reached us in a non-condemnatory way, despite our own failures. No, we demonstrate a humble attitude, even though we believe we have the most important news in the world, the news about Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world. And then he says, those who trust in God, devote yourselves. Again, that's a strong word. It's used a few times in the Bible. It's used in the early church. They devoted themselves. They attached themselves, they committed themselves to certain things, apostle doctrine, prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread. Here, devote yourself, be committed, be always ready to doing good. Let us be those who serve the world by doing good. So, let's live out in the day in which we live the truth of the gospel in our transformed lives because of what we believe. Maybe that gospel summary that I read and explained a little bit that Paul says is a trustworthy saying, maybe some of you listening have wondered about it, not really understood it, and not committed your life to following Jesus. Well, here's an opportunity. During this time, as you're listening to this message, so that your life can be transformed as well. And so, we're going to pray together. Father, Jesus name I thank you for the amazing truth of the good news about Jesus that transforms our lives that gives us power to live a different way Father I thank you for the evidence of you at work all over our nation at this time as people whether they're believers or, or, or not of, who are giving themselves to serve one another today. I believe, Lord, 
that I thank you for that because it's part of your common grace at work amongst people in this world who are created in your image. But I also, Father, pray for those who are believers in Jesus to be genuine examples of what it is to work out the gospel in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.